Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, take two in the world of podcasting proudly present to you, the WWE Tag Team Superfans of the World, the Dream Craig Machine, the Badass Johnny P, Take Two Takedown. And if you're not down with Take Two Takedown, we got two words for you. Suck it! Normally with me it would be Craig, but Craig this week decided to take some time for himself. He had to go find himself, touch himself, pet a llama, find a goat. I don't know what he was doing. I just know he took a little time off and left the show in my hands. Big mistake, folks. I have no clue what I'm doing. Craig is the wizard behind the curtain for this show, and in doing so, I am basically looking at a blue squiggly line across my computer screen, hoping that everything is working right. So, if this show goes to hell in a handbasket, and most likely it will, uh, we all agree we blame Damashine Craig. Now that I have that off my chest, it seems like the best time to talk about probably the best part of this show, and that's talking to you, our friends in the wrestling community. We love staying in touch with you. If you'd like to talk with us, we spend a lot of time on Twitter and on the socials, you can find us there. We are at Take Two Takedown. Two is spelt with two O's. And if you feel so inclined, go ahead, drop us an email in our email segment where you can get us at triple T, that's the word triple, the letter T bag, at gmail.com. There we try to get a letter or two every week, read them on air, answer your questions about anything. Most likely about wrestling, but if you want to drop something where you're asking us a life question or something you find funny, please feel free to share with us. And if you feel like sharing, give us a rating. Let people know that we're okay. We're not going to bite. Let people know that you find us funny. The more ratings we get, the bigger our show can get, the more we can grow the community, the happier everyone is. So, now that I'm off my soapbox about talking to you and getting feedback from you, Let's get into our DM of the week. That's right, guys. We are going to actually use a DM we got this week from our friend Karen. Karen says that she likes the show, finds us entertaining, but wants to know why we don't cover things like New Japan. Well, Karen, I'm going to be honest with you. Craig and I both love New Japan wrestling. We think the Super Junior stuff that they have going on right now is amazing. We are huge fans of things like All In with the Indies. We love uh, Lucha Underground. We love the Ring of Honor. We love TNA. We love all the indie shows. We especially love our local shows and our local productions. With that being said, we're pretty simple people. We're not that smart. 
our brains aren't big enough to process and hold all the information that goes with all that wrestling. And because of that, we chose early on to just focus mainly on WWE so that we could have one main thing that we could all focus on and the predominant amount of the audience could all relate to. So it's not that we don't love it. It's not that we don't love you. It's just that we're not smart enough to have a show where we can cram all that incredible wrestling and the WWE into one coherent show that wouldn't last more than three days because that's how long we could talk about this stuff. And to prove it, I'm about to get into the WWE. We are going to talk Raw. Raw this week opens up with a great segment of Elias doing a promo in the middle of the ring, singing a song about how he broke a guitar over Seth Rollins' back and sent him to a local medical facility. Well, this of course brings Seth Rollins out. We got some sort of face-off with the chair in Seth Rollins' hands, a guitar in Elias' hands, and of course, can't get the pop on their own, so out come Roman Reigns and Jinder Mahal to literally suck off the teeth that is Seth Rollins and Elias. Everything turns into a big tag team match, and I gotta say, fan of Seth Rollins and Elias, I like the way this is working. I'm also not so hard on Jinder Mahal. I think he's decent, and I like the way they developed his new character into just being the heel for who he is, not because of where he's from or what have you. Um, not a big fan of the Roman character, not like what they did with him. The problem I have with this match, although it was a good match and I liked the back and forth, Seth Rollins is still selling, Elias is selling the hell out of it, hell, Jinder's is selling. Roman is just still Roman, and it's so vanilla. Now, he got a little bit of a pop when he came out. The Texas audience cheered him up a little bit, gave him some, you know, little Roman love there, and so be it. I don't know if I agree with Texas, but that's your choice, not mine. Anyway, the problem I have with this is that they toned Seth Rollins down. He is moving slower. They played up the whole, he's not looking 100%, he's coming off of a neck injury, I don't know how this is going to go. They are foreshadowing the end of this match. And they are leaving uh, Roman Reigns to be the hot tag. Between him and Seth Rollins? Seth Rollins is above and beyond any talent that Roman is right now. So I didn't like that part. I did like the end. I really did. I liked the whole Sunil Singh getting involved, putting the chair out. Rollins snatching the chair out, throwing it in the ring. Elias then... DDT's uh, Roman, or sorry, Rollins into the chair and gets the win with a pin, and I just I liked it. So I like the fact that that takes us into Money in the Bank. Wait a minute. With Money in the Bank, we got a pay per view, we got a big event here, and usually what we like to do on T3 is we like to make an event out of the big events. We like to do a pick 'em. With that being said, we have our sheet ready. We have read our rules. We have revamped our program. You get to pick the winners of the match. You have to answer three prop questions that we give you. Then you get to make three bold predictions on your own. The winner of that, with the point system we put in place, gets bragging rights. That's right. We don't really give any prizes. There's no cash or values associated with it, unless you think being able to brag that you beat the dummies on T3 in a pick and pull is worth it. 
So if you want that opportunity, just send us a message. Let us know. We will give you the sheet. You can put your picks down on it. I will put it all into a spreadsheet. We will have an absolute winner. We'll call you out on the episode after Money in the Bank. We'll let you know the scores. We'll let you tell us how well you were so awesome and that we are such complete idiots. But that's pretty much all it is right now is bragging rights. Speaking of bragging rights, who do you think has the right to brag about the most losses in the WWE? You would be amazed that it is Kurt Hawkins with 199 losses. But he wasn't going to get that 200th. Oh no. He brought in a jobber, James Harden. He made a big deal. He said, listen, I will not get this loss. If I do, it's tacos for everyone. And sure enough, ringside, there's a table full of tacos. So Kurt Hawkins has this match with James Harden. That's right. I said James Harden. We don't know who he is. But he's throwing him around the ring. Kurt Hawkins is in it. We think he's going to get the win. But no. The bald symbiote hairstyle Corbin comes in, ruins the match. Hawkins loses by disqualification, getting that 200th loss, and moving into the record books as the loser he is. I loved this shtick. I think it should go on for a little bit longer. I can't wait. I, I, I love the whole Kurt Hawkins thing. Keep it up. What I hate about it is Baron Corbin coming in and just being a douche. Because this leads into this whole, he's now the constable of Raw, and he's going to walk around and right the wrongs. I just, it's Baron Corbin. Why would you put him on the mic and in front of the camera any more than you have to? Just zip his lips shut, put him out there, let him throw people around, and be that guy. I don't know why they keep giving him opportunities to suck on the mic. And speaking of sucking, we get a segment with Bobby Lashley where he comes out looking like a little school kid in his ball cap and his pretty colored jackets and all this stuff. And he's calling Sami Zayn out and giving us lip service. And I just, God, I can't stand him. And Sami comes out from the crowd and calls him out, calls his integrity into play, even calls out that he really served in the military. This is the point where Lashley lost it and stormed off stage after grabbing his jacket. And, oh, he'll get his at Money in the Bank. So, Sammy, watch out, buddy. Uh, Lashley is after you. So, as you can tell, not a big fan of Bobby Lashley. Uh, I think he is a paper character. He looks good in the ring, I'll give you that. But I just I can't get behind any development they have going with him. Second to that would be Bobby Roode and Braun Strowman. I love Bobby Roode's entrance. I love the whole glorious shtick. But in the ring, Bobby Roode is just a glorified jobber at this point. I mean, when his promo cut was, I've got to do everything I can just to survive against this monster, you've pretty much written out that he is not going to win. He has no chance against Braun Strowman, a man that he is competing with at Money in the Bank. So I just... I'm not happy with that. I'm definitely not happy with the Nia Jackson-Natalia match. Now, I love that Natty comes from SmackDown as the ultimate heel and is just, you know, a super face as soon as she gets to Raw because now she's Ronda Rousey's bestie. And just to give a warm-up to Nia and to show Ronda Rousey how to take out Nia, they have this match. And, of course, Natalia winds up getting, quote-unquote, hurt. Which brings Rhonda down to the uh, ring. 
And it just looks like after we had this whole bully angle with Naya and everybody questioning, like, wait, she just won because she was getting bullied, but now she's bullying other people. Now you want me to feel sorry for her because not only did she hurt Natalia, but Natalia's her friend. And Rhonda's going to come down and defend the honor of her friend. But now we don't know how to feel. And do we like Naya? Do we not like Naya? Do we love Rhonda? Do we not love Rhonda? I tell you this. Naya, not the best in the ring. Beautiful eyes, but I could take her a lever at this point. Ronda Rousey, you spent a shit ton of money for her. She's still cutting some crap promos. I'm not big on that. Still have yet to really see her wrestle. Now, she had that scripted match with Stephanie, and we loved it. We know this is going to be a scripted match with Nia, and we'll probably love it as well. But I am not sold on Ronda. I don't see the talent flourishing there. So I'm a little worried about that. Something else that makes me concerned is this whole tag team thing at Raw. First of all, I've said it time and time again, I am not a fan of the Deleter of Worlds. I can't stand Woke and Matt Hardy. I think the shtick is done, played out, and WWE has beat it like a pinata. On top of that, it makes Bray Wyatt look stupid. It takes away from his character, and all that cool stuff that he used to do just looks silly now in comparison with everything that he's involved with. To make it even worse, we have this huge tag team battle royale to see who is going to be the number one contender. And we got like all the B-list teams where it's, you know, the Ascension. We've got uh, the Revival in there. We've got Brazongo. We've got Heath Slater and Rhino. We've got Ziggler and McIntyre coming in. And trust me, every one of us marks was like, oh, Ziggler and McIntyre, they're going to get it. This is where they're going to get over. They'll get their huge push. And McIntyre is going to get the belt and bring Zig with them. And we were all ready for it. But they were the first team out. Ziggler gets thrown out. And, of course, this leads McIntyre to rage, and he kills everyone in the ring. I'm okay with this. I like the fact that they are stalling on McIntyre and letting it slow build. I'll, I'll say keep it. I don't even mind that he's with Ziggler. I like Ziggler. Um, I thought it was particularly funny that Ziggler had the uh, teased-out Xavier Woods white guy hairstyle this week. That kind of made me laugh. But then we get into the ring, and we've got the other tag teams going at it, and the B team is just kind of hiding out, taking punches when they can, but they kind of just hold on more so than win the match, and they wind up getting that first tag team titled uh, challenger. So we're going to see them at Money in the Bank. And, folks, I, I don't... I kind of like the comedic B team shtick. I'm okay with it. I don't really mind Bo Dallas and, and Curtis Axel at all. I just don't like that we're going to have two comedy teams wrestling each other. And when you look at all the other teams that are in the WWE, especially in the Raw division, there's really nothing there that they're doing right with the tag team at this point. And it scares me because you've got a lot of talent and you're just not using it. I need them to get on the stick. I need them to get on the ball. I need them to make the division better again. The other problem I have is then we have a six-woman tag match with the Riot Squad defeating Sasha Banks, Ember Moon, and Bayley. I mean, it was via disqualification, but this match, hinky to begin with, 
You got Bailey coming in to rescue Sasha Banks, and they're going to be friends again. And Ember's trying to say, you guys just need to hug this out. And then the Constable Corbin tells Angle he needs to fix this because that's not a legal person. So they don't legally win because Bailey can't pin, make the pin. And uh, I, I, God, I, I don't get it. First of all, Alexa Bliss is a talent, and I get that they're playing the heel and that she pulled herself out of the match with the boo-boo leg so that Bailey can come and make the save. But I still want to see Alexa perform. She was always good in the ring. I like the five feet of Fury. Let her perform a little bit. Quit making her such a softy. Let her do something. Um, Sarah Logan, I feel, is one going to bite the head off of one of these smaller wrestlers and chew on it like the mountain lady that she thinks she is. I love Liv Morgan. I love Ruby Riot. I think they're both very talented in the ring. And I just, I wanted more out of this, and it just didn't give it to me. And, you know, can I fault WWE for it? No, but as a fan, like I said, I wanted more, and I didn't get it. Um, I'm going to go off on a little tangent here. I'm going to say... Uh, in the show, Big Show comes out. He introduces the Special Olympic athletes. And, you know, I got to say, for all the crap we give WWE, and I know we've said it time and time again on the show, but it bears repeating, they do a lot for the community. They are a huge provider for charities, and they do a lot. And, you know, let's give credit where credit's due. This was a good segment. I enjoyed the fact that they bring attention to a worthy cause and that they allowed these people to stand up and be the proud athletes that they should be. And I just, I was happy to see it. I kind of found it a little disrespectful, though, when Finn Balor, who's for everyone, comes up, breaks up their moment, and kind of makes his way down the ring in the middle of their show. I'm not a big fan of that. But Balor and KO are going to have it out. And this is our main event. And I got to say, all in all, Raw was, once again, not that good this week. And it surprises me that we're two weeks away from Money in the Bank. And this is the build we're getting. But it was a great match between Finn Balor and Kevin Owens. They've wrestled each other well through the years. And I love watching them. I love the finish on this where Finn Balor jumps the Coupe de Gras right off the top of the, the ladder. I think it was all work. And it, it worked well, and I really liked the way it played out. But <clears throat> I don't know, guys. I don't know what to tell you. Raw was kind of a letdown this week. And speaking of letdowns, we're going to go into SmackDown. All right. So as we get into SmackDown, we open up with Horseface Carmella. And she's talking about how she's going to unmask Asuka. And we get some video clip promo, and I just... Listen, on one hand, I love the WWE video packages. They do such a great job on these promos, and every time I watch them, I'm like, that's so awesome. But this whole thing where Carmella's only thing is, I beat Charlotte twice, and Asuka got tapped out to Charlotte, and... It just makes me a better champ. I can't, oh, God, I can't stand it. I can't stand it at all. And, of course, this brings out Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, who I like a lot. And they're both vying for who's going to challenge Asuka. And Asuka says, 
Give him to me both. So we have a handicap match with Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville facing Asuka. And of course, Asuka starts winning in the beginning and then she starts taking the bumps in the middle and winds up winning this. So it, we all knew that was going to happen. And it happened for the simple fact that it allowed Carmella to be the heel and go ahead and take the final hit on Asuka and lay her out in the middle of the ring so that she could glow with her belt. What I take away from this is, one, Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose keep getting better every week. I enjoy watching them. I think they're getting to be better wrestlers, and I love that their personalities are blossoming. I'm really excited to see where they go. The problem I have with it is, Asuka is weird. She's stuck in a, in, in, in a weird place right now where she was the Empress of Tomorrow and nobody could beat her. Nobody was ready for Asuka. Charlotte gets her to tap out almost immediately and now she's kind of in this little playground area and uh, I'm not a big fan. I will say this. Coming into Money in the Bank, my logical mind says you know what Oscar's going to take the belt off of Carmella unless Carmella does something cheaty and sneaky which most likely will happen but I just I can't get into this rivalry I can't get into anything Carmella's into I just don't find her interesting I've only seen her wrestle twice in her entire career so I'm, I'm not a big fan of it the other thing I'm not a big fan of is all this bullshit between Big Cass and Daniel Bryan Big Cass cut such a crap promo, and all he could do was make the innuendos of hype jokes, and it was just, it was horrible. It was bullshit, and I don't like it. I'm not a fan of Big Cass. I like Daniel Bryan. I liked him in the ring. I kind of like his personality. I feel like him and I could go out and have some hell food together or something, but I just, I'm, I'm not into it, and it bothers me because normally I can find something in almost any program that I can get into, and I just can't do it with these guys. So I'm not excited about that. I'm not excited about the whole Jimmy Uso and Naomi wrestling Aiden English and Lana. Um, I gotta say, I do love how Aiden took the Uso's music and turned it into a song about Lana is the best, Lana number one. Um, the match in and of itself, the women's part was sloppy. The men's part was, I enjoyed it. Like, I think Jimmy Uso and Aiden English work well together. And Aiden was taking the bumps. Jimmy was taking the bumps. They were both getting their licks in. I liked that part. But uh, what I didn't like is Lana in the ring is still clunky and in and, and pieces parts. I do, however, start noticing that Lana is getting more into the character of Lana and letting her be more... Don't particularly care for the dancing, but I do like the fact that you can kind of see Lana is enjoying the character she plays now. So we'll see where that leads. Um, Carl Anderson and Luke Harper, I like this. I don't like the fact that they made Carl Anderson look like a punching bag and he got a lucky pin win. But, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Good Brothers. I love Carl Anderson. One of my favorite moves in all of wrestling is when Carl Anderson jumps up, does the sidekick, and goes, hiya! Because I think it's hilarious. But uh, I like them. I didn't like when they kind of went down the rung and they started doing the whole nerd meter thing. And But 
I'm kind of hoping this gives the Good Brothers something to step up to. Now, do I think they'll beat the Bludgeon Brothers at Money in the Bank? No, but it'll give them a good showing, and I hope we get more of a backing on the Good Brothers. Um, one of my favorite things about this episode was the New Day wrestling The Miz, Samoa Joe, and Rusev. Uh, it was a fun match. It was great. I loved all the backstage stuff where New Day plays the joke on The Miz and they get him to put his hand in the pancake batter and just, you know, I, I like the shtick. I like the New Day and I'm having fun with it trying to figure out who's going to be the contender of Money in the Bank. They all have a valid claim to it and I'd like to see who it's going to be. Now, I would love Kofi. Because I think he's great in any type of match like that. I think Xavier would be great too. And I even think Big E would be fun in it. But I think you get a Money in the Bank match where you have Big E, Rusev, and a Braun Strowman. And you got three beasts with five other little men trying to fly around them. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. But I like it. I feel it. So... Uh, I know I'm kind of rushing through here, but there's really not a lot to say about Raw or SmackDown. It's, it's kind of let us down. Um, the only other things we have with, uh, with, with SmackDown is we had that crappy uh, contract signing thing where Shinsuke's trying to play mind games with AJ and AJ's being some country bumpkin kid. And God, it was just horrible. And I just, I don't, I know this sounds weird, but I'm vested. Like, I enjoy the story between Shinsuke and AJ. I, I like it. I want to see more of it and all that. However, when you keep prolonging it, and then you have Paige personally residing over the contract signing, which I will say, a little throwback here, we didn't do the contract signing in the middle of the ring, probably because somebody wasn't going to really get beat up. Just Shinsuke got bitch slapped. But, you know, okay, I guess it's a tie-over, but is, was it really worth it? Was it necessary? I don't know. So, those that know me realize that, of course, I saved what I think is the best for last. And that is the love of my life, the girl of my dreams, Becky Lynch. I love you, Becky Lynch. I love you so, so much. But Becky Lynch having a match with Charlotte Flair just for bragging rights. Going into Money in the Bank gives you that momentum because we know how the momentum works in WWE. you got to have it or you'll never win. But Becky Lynch gets Charlotte to tap out and disarm her. And it was a pretty good match. And I love the way both of them performed and handled their business in the ring and they looked good. Now, I will say this, as much as I love Becky Lynch... She didn't look anywhere near as smooth as Charlotte did in the ring. And I keep trying to think about it as I keep replaying the match in my mind. Was that because Becky was, you know, throwing her timing off because she was in the ring with Charlotte and Charlotte wasn't really reacting right or fast enough or in the right spot when she needed her to be? Or was it because Becky just wasn't on her aid game and was having some hard times? I don't know. I'm not really upset about it. I just know I loved watching Becky in that ring. 
and watching those fishnet stockings get a little ripped up, I'm not going to lie, I kind of found it a little, you know, you know. So, all in all, this week in WWE, not such an exciting adventure. Nothing that would really make you, if you were looking at it like, hey, we're going into Money in the Bank, I need to figure out what's going on. You know, nothing that's going to keep you vested and, and be like, hey, this is a really great show right now. Which leads me to a point. This is my nagging point. My wife and I have had this conversation. And I kind of would like your guys' input on this. My wife tells me every Monday and Tuesday when I'm sitting down to watch wrestling, and I quote, and I'm sure all of you as wrestling fans have got this, you know this is fake, right? And my answer emphatically is yes, I absolutely know that the stories involved in these matches is fake. However, the performers in the ring are professional athletes and the fact that they have to take bumps, they have to do the maneuvers, they have to do the gymnastic stunts, they have to be able to do the lifting. It's, it's work. They're performers, but they're athletes in my opinion. So I turn the conversation on to her and I'm like, you know, the bachelor's fake, right? And my wife looks at me and she goes, no, it's real. I'm like, you really think that a TV company pays X amount of money for these actors, models, and what have you to come in and perform for us on TV so that we can see a bunch of pretty faces vying for another pretty face. It's like paid TV prostitution. The only thing is they're not putting out unless they want to. So yeah, that's the argument I have. And it's causing a rift in the family. And speaking of rifts in the family... Let's talk about one of our favorite things, our local production company here, Right Coast Pro. Right Coast Pro is going to have their next match, Festivus, coming in July. And here at Festivus, the main event is the heat, the rub, the anger, the pain, the misery, the family drama between the Baldwin brothers. That's right. Jerry... And his brothers, Harry and Brutus, are all feuding among each other. They can't find a common ground to work on. They can't come together. And it's tearing us, the fans, apart. Now, Craig and I came into Right Coast Pro with Harry and Baldwin, the definition of a ring technician, as the heavyweight champ. And we learned to love this guy. Then we got to know his brother, Jerry Baldwin. The, the Mr. Intensity. And now we're learning about their other brother, Brutus. And we love the Baldwin family, and we can't stand to see them fight this way. So what's going to happen at Festivus, folks? What's going to happen when these three brothers get together and they duke it out? How's this going to affect the Baldwin family going forward? We don't know. We do know this, though. Their current champ, Brian Prophet. Brian Prophet, I'm coming to you, mano y mano. Now, I respect you. You're the champ. Either if you got it ill-gotten or if you got it through means that you feel are right, that's fine. I'm just saying I'm, I'm, I'm concerned. Because those that depend on others to handle their business usually can't handle their business when others aren't there. So this is fair warning. Your competitors are coming after you, bud. And you need to get 
yourself right and make sure you can defend that gold because you should know, as the richest man in Haiti, you should know that people covet other people's possessions. And that gold belt is nothing but a possession to you. And that means you, my friend, are number one on the list of all those other wrestlers. Now, not that I like them, because we all know there is a bitter rivalry between me and Miles Millennium. But I want to see this guy at Festivus. I want to see what he's going to do. I want to see what he's capable of. Because as much as I dislike the guy, and let's be honest, that's kayfabe. I like this guy. He's very talented. Everyone at Right Coast Pro is very talented. It's a great production, and you are missing out if you don't go. But back in kayfabe, Miles Millennium, I want to see you wrestle. My new favorite wrestler, just because I love his name, the chick magnet, Mozart Fontaine. Those two at Impound as a tag team, I love it. I love it. Keep it together. Make it work. Make it grow. I think I think you may be competitors to the crazy kids, the current tag team champs there. I need you guys to get your game together and be a viable option against these crazy kids because they can't hold those belts forever. So I think that's it, guys. I think I breezed through it. I think I went really quick. But I don't know what to tell you. Usually, I get a lot more feedback from Craig. I enjoy his witty banter. Him and I feed off each other. And all I'm doing right now is feeding off my reflection in a mirror and probably 29 cheeseburgers from Wendy's. With all that said, it's been fun, guys. Oh, wait, wait. At about this point in the show, usually before we talk about Right Coast Pro, we talk about our moment of... Well, folks, our moment this week is just a little clip that talks about my feelings right now. Because I know I've talked about how Craig has left me in a lurch because he took some time off and had to go do stuff with him and his little family. And that led me here to be by myself. On top of that, my work has decided that I was a valuable asset and needed to share what I know in another location. Unbeknownst to me, at the end of that last week, they had an emergency and I had to go out to probably one of the most godforsaken places I've ever been, and that is Roswell, New Mexico. That's right, the land of aliens and dirt. So I will say this, if you're from Roswell, if you're from the New Mexico area, I'm not upset with you. The people here are wonderful. They are super nice. They are tolerant and they put up with us. Because just like when you come out to the East Coast and you talk to us about the humidity, this dry heat thing is bullshit. It's just freaking hot. Um, and there's really nothing to do in this area. It is just desert. And on top of that, there's rattlesnakes and tarantulas out here? This is like freaking hell. Anyway, I'm out here all alone just watching tumbleweeds blow through the desert. And I don't know where I was going with that tangent. I was just feeling sorry for myself and I went with it. But our moment of is this. Team America, so wrong I'm so wrong so wrong so lonely and sad real alone 
Get no one, just me only Sitting on my rental home I work very hard and make up my plans But nobody listens, no one understands Seems right no one takes me seriously And so I'm wrong for it me There's nobody I can relate to Feel like a bird in a cage It's kind of scary But not really Because it's filling my body with rage I'm the smartest, most clever, most physically fit But nobody else seems to realize it When I change the world, maybe they'll notice me And until then, I'll just be lonely Yeah, riddle lonely Paul riddle me There it is, guys. Song that best sums up how I feel right now. So, what am I going to do to make myself feel better? I'm probably going to buy myself some presents. Make myself feel pretty again. Make myself feel wanted. And to do that, I'm going to shop on Amazon. And when I shop on Amazon, I go through our link on our take two on the mothership. I go through that link. Now, I know I get my stuff at the current price, the shipping and everything that I've already set up through Amazon. But because I went through that link, take two gets a little kickback. That's just a little money for us to keep these shows running. So if you could help us out there, that would be great. If you want... Like I said earlier in the show, get all your information when it comes to entertainment from our mother show, Take Two Podcast. That's right. These guys are talking about movies, TV, comic books, everything that's going on in the entertainment world right there at your fingertips every week. They do spinoff shows. They have a spotlight show where they take once a month somebody that they love, an actor, actress, director, and go through their life's work. They also have what is probably one of my favorite spinoff shows, the Soundtrack Show, where once a month they pick a soundtrack from one of their favorite movies and they go through it song by song and share with us where it was in the movie, the feelings they had and all that stuff. Another great show they have is The Realm, where you can listen to all your wizards and warlocks and sci-fi shows and Roy just destroys that show. But... None of them compare to the love you will get from us here on T3. Because like I said, I fought fire, I fought ignorance, and I tried to get this show together for you. So, with that being said, I will quote my friend Craig where he says, Peace! And I will end with, I still literally, really have nothing.
has been a production of Take Two Podcast. WTTP. 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 WTTP.